Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Hello and welcome to Asia Tech Podcast. We are heading to West Bengal and Kolkata. So we're going to have a look at the tech scene there. We're going to talk to one of its founders. Learn a bit about the BPO industry, which I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. Welcome to the studio today, Avijit Saka. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Graham. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Excellent to have you here. We were just talking about Kolkata off-air. Are you, yep. Were you born in Kolkata? Is that where you're from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. I was born, born and brought up. Right. So for those that don't know, I mean, maybe I think some people are familiar with the old English name, Kolkata. Calcutta, yeah. Right, exactly. But you say Calcutta, right? So Yeah, it got changed a few years back. Right. Right. Well there's a lot of names that the British sort of changed for the Indians, right? And they changed it back to how it should have been, right? It's, yeah, now we guys are, you know, going over to what it originally was and that, that's creating a lot of confusion for us as well. Okay. You're based up in it for those that don't know, it's based up in the northeast of India effectively, isn't it? It's uh mm. On the well, more towards the border with like Bangladesh heading up, so right. right in the north of it's not often, I mean, it's not often known a lot about outside. I mean, if you know your history, you'd know Kolkata, Calcutta, the East India Trading Company, all that. Yeah. But you know, in terms yeah. of tech and startups and so on, what's its sort of reputation in India? What sort of business goes on there? Right, so uh, the, the, this Bengal was like the epicenter of India when the British dipped in but since they left uh, this place declined and uh, like it has taken a back seat in the current tech scenarios but uh, so right now we have delhi mumbai uh, bangalore these, these are the hot hot spots for the tech scene in india but uh, kolkata is a bit behind it's a bit laid back and mm. you know it's, it's picking up the pace slowly but uh, eventually i think it will be at par with the other places in the country right there's a lot of talent there. It's also, I mean, I was quite surprised. It seems maybe because of the history, it's quite multicultural in some aspects. It seems that it, it, yes. it has that sort of vibe where it's, well, I suppose it's a trading port as well, isn't it? So it's always right. been facing the rest of the world. And yep. um, just out of interest, I, I was surprised as well that there was a big, is it football, soccer? That was pretty popular, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, people think like India yeah. is all about cricket, right? But what's the scene there for soccer in Kolkata? Soccer is like, it's pretty big here. We have two big clubs. Uh, so the, the soccer, people follow a lot of soccer here. The yeah. city is extremely culturally, you know, uh, it's a cultural hotbed. And uh, so technically it's not maybe the leading country, uh, leading city of the country, uh, but it's culturally very advanced. Right. And Pink Floyd as well. I seem to remember that. <laughs> Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show. Well, what is that about? Every every other person I met in Kolkata is into Pink Floyd. They didn't they spend some time there or something? I don't know what the history was. I think I think that they like their songs. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they just like their songs. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's a great city. It's often off the map for people, but it's got that sort of real vibe and real sort of you know, it's got a deep history there, and it's. I think there's a lot of hustle there. There's a lot of real raw entrepreneurialism. You know, people are on the make. They're doing stuff. They're trading. It has all that. It doesn't necessarily have the glamour of right. New Delhi or, you know, Gogon or Bangalore and so on. So let's talk about how, you know, you got into the scene there. Obviously, you were brought up there, but BPO is right. 
obviously a big industry in India. And obviously that's going to lead into your startup, which we'll talk about in a minute. But what is BPO? Can you explain for those outside of India, probably not familiar with this term? So any business that is, you know, doing uh, some offshore work, like for what I used to be involved in was call centers. So we used to handle calls for some US clients. So the comp- so people from US used to call uh, some companies for whom the call we used to handle. Mm. So that, that, that is the scene here. Business process outsourcing, effectively, yep, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it does, uh, is Kolkata a center of like these huge call centers? Like I've seen down in, I think it's in Gorgon, in New Delhi. Right. Yeah. Kolkata has a lot of lot of BPOs. Mm. The market is not as good as it used to be, but but uh, previously it was huge in Kolkata. Right. Okay. And uh, a lot of these. So my understanding, you obviously know BPOs better. I'll just try and explain what I can from my experience to the listeners, and you can then sort of, you know, put that in its right place. Is that a lot, a lot of these BPO offices, they all these centres, they they sort of live in their own kind of world a little bit, don't they? They attract a lot of young people, and the people who work there, they work sort of crazy hours. You know, a lot of them work shifts, like you know, overnight, and right. so the people that work there, a lot of young people, all they ever see are the people that work in that call centre, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so they kind of live in this world and it's right. kind of like completely detached from the rest of the world. But it creates a kind of an interesting culture as well, doesn't it? That, you know, people get trapped in that world of, of call centers and, you know, they, they can get lost in there because they never actually see other people in daylight hours and so on. How, how is it in your, your world with that? So we have to match the, you know, time zone of the countries we are dealing with. So if you are in uh, you're setting up for a U.S. call center or, or a U.S. VPO, you have to match their hours, which means, you know, the night shift for us and the, the work culture is completely different. Like people come to work at nine in the night and they go back home at six in the morning and they sleep through the day. <laughs> so right. their, their social life is completely different. Yeah. It, that was your first, it wasn't your first, it was your second business, right? Setting up a, a BPO itself, that Avifa Infotech. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So uh, that is the company which I formed uh, as soon as I turned 18 and um, maybe in my first year of college I was also at that time. So what we used to do uh, in that we had like, it started off a small kitchen in my house and from there it scaled to a 20-seater call center and we were servicing a US client and we were doing a night shift as well there. Right. So it was like, we, I ran it for two, two and a half years. Right. And it was an exciting journey, but those odd hours and the, the unstable market is—it was not really good. And IT was always my true calling, and not BPO. So I, I you know, pivoted to IT later on. You were eighteen years old when you set this up. That, yeah, that time I was eighteen. Right. So, did you did you go to college in the end? What, what was the story there? I I was uh, parallelly doing my college because my work was at night, and in the morning I used to go to college. Right. And sleep, sleep, sleep during my classes mostly. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to know where did you fit sleep in because you you were running at at the peak a twenty seat call center, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and to what extent does that need constant management? Could it be <laughs> itself outsourced in a way like you know you could run it, but it could all run itself, or does it need constant care? So- as it, it needs your constant lookout because uh, initially I never had a manager. So as I grew to 10, then 12, then 10, then I needed to have someone to take care of it. So I got a manager 
but even at the end you have to you know it's your own business and you have to look into it a manager won't help right okay you were doing that whilst you were at university as well right yes. that must have been pretty crazy so in terms <laughs> of those hours as well just out of it i mean out of interest i know what you're talking about it sounds like a very classic entrepreneurial journey you know you started a business when you were a late teenager at university effectively Mm-hmm. And, you know, you didn't really necessarily start it to grow it into a 20-seat business, but that's what happened. And, you know, obviously that created challenges for you and so on. That's not, even though that's sort of common if you look at, you know, the movies, like the social network and so on, like in California, it's not so common in India, is it? I mean, for 18-year-olds to start a business like that. Absolutely, absolutely. So the general, it's, it's uh, in, in India, it's like you have to go to college, you have to get a degree, then you have to get a job, and then you have to get married. And that, that is the normal flow of life in India. And right. thinking out of the box and going off the track, it's, it's like, a, it's, a, yeah, it's a bold move. Right. So what was it that allowed you to do that? Was it your, did you, any of your parents, were they entrepreneurs? Were you surrounded by people who were entrepreneurs? Or were you just like a, rule breaker from early age <laughs> so my, my parents uh, so one uh, great thing about my household is both my parents work and they ran a business they run a business right, together right and they're both entrepreneurs from the time the the term entrepreneurship wasn't there and we mm. call it business so from that time they're, they're running it for 30 years we have a, they have a medical business mm. and so um, it's, so they never stopped me from doing anything. They always encouraged me at whatever I wanted to do, and they have always supported me. And I think my family has been great in in that. Right, right. See, that's quite um, exceptional in India, isn't it? That, yes. You know that there is still a lot of pressure, isn't it, for you to become an accountant or an engineer? So or, I also faced that because uh, my parents, my peers, or my brothers, and everywhere around me are either going to IITs, IIMs, right, or right, they're right. engineers. So uh, that is why I got into college because I had I had no other intention of going into college, but I had to because of social pressure right. and how it look on my resume. <laughs> so. Keep your parents and your family off your back, right? Get buy you yes. a little bit of time. <laughs> exactly. You, you went to college and started a business. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I think. It's worth sort of sharing for those listeners who don't appreciate. Some Asian families, I think, will know what you're talking about, right? Yeah. But I, I think there's there's the meme, isn't it, on the internet with the Indian father, and he says to his son, like, you know, you can be anything. I'm not going to do an Indian accent. I won't insult you. He says, you can be anything you want, son. He says, you can be, what was it, doctor, engineer, doctor. So I think it's kind of, I don't know. I mean, is is that real today? Is that, are those sort of pressures out there for people of your generation? It. it like it is reducing it's not there as much as it used to be well like even if you go back one more generation it was like all like it was huge but nowadays i can see a lot of uh, people around who are not pressurized right. and their parents you know let them choose whatever they want to do yeah. so i think the trend is changing up in india so that's good yeah definitely definitely yep. <laughs> yeah. and i think as well i mean you know people hear your story and stories like you yeah. And that inspires them to do something, right? Because that, ultimately, that's what it's about. They hear the stories, yeah. don't they? And they think, oh, that's possible. Because you know, it's not for everybody, is it? I mean, you know, we still need doctors and engineers. But right. those who want to go and build something like yourself, they need to listen to the stories. And in a way, your parents have been quite influential in you know, shaping you. Because you, you now know that when you grew up, you knew that was possible, right? 
You know, you knew, okay, okay there was another option for you. Okay, so let, let's talk about regularly. So this is your business. So this is your startup, effectively. Tell us about how that got its start. Where did that come from? Okay, so as you mentioned that I was running this BPO, and uh, as soon as it, you know, grew in size, it, we we are we are billing our clients on the hour hourly basis. So per person, the hours he worked throughout the week, we used to bill that. Now keeping track of those hours were like manually on a register or on a book. It was like uh, it was a job on its own. It required an HR manager and a you know it took a lot of time and a, uh, effort from me. And also life was very difficult. I was going to college and also uh, doing this. So I had to come up with a technical solution. And I was always technical from the very beginning. So I thought, why not like make a simple uh, something where you know they can punch in and punch out every day, mm-hmm. and you know they can clock the hours. And what is the best way to do that? Because right at that moment, uh, smartphones were with everyone, and I said, why not make a small app? You know that could uh, track that. Um, then I started thinking they could do that from their home also, and they could not come to work or go somewhere else and do it. So I added two more things. Like I made sure that there was a GPS uh, on the device, which 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 was matching it to my office, and it also used to take a photograph. So now I know, okay, the person was there, and there's a photo evidence of it. And yeah, so it was a very simple and straightforward approach to a small problem which I faced. And rather than maintaining a Excel sheet or a small paper, I was generating a simple report at the end of the month with the with my own software, and it was mm. telling that this person was present from this hour to this hour doing this work. So that made my life easy. But I, I at that point of time, I did not think I would make it into a product. Right. But that was for my own use at my own own office, and it, it helped me for the next few months. It was it's it really helpful software. So basically, it's a time management tool, but you, you know you you. It's on the smartphone of the employee, right? Is, yes. Okay, and it also has GPS thrown in there, and a mm-hmm. photo function just to you know give proof to the the employer that that person right. was there at that time. Is that what's happening? So you know exactly. that if they're checking in, effectively effectively checking in, aren't they in the in the yes. office? And you can okay. Yes. All right. So um, yeah, I mean that's fascinating because I, I think as well. I mean listeners may think, oh, that sounds like it's a bit sort of you know like Big Brother type. You know, they're sort of tracking. <laughs> but, you know, you, you look at platforms like Upwork, which right. are, you know, like uh, probably the biggest freelance platform in the world, I suppose, now. Right. And, and if you hire somebody through Upwork, I think by default, if you hire for these kind of, you know, it's all sort of outsourced work. It could be it could be as basic as, you know, web research or, you know, cleaning a database. And obviously there's a lot more technical right. stuff in there. But every time they work for you, by default, it, I think on their side, they have an app installed on their laptop, which will then take a, a screenshot like every five minutes or something, right? Yep. So, the, so that's sort of default. It's not like, you know, you're creating something which is radically different. This is going on now and, and people are quite happy with that, right? Right. So it's, it's not about tracking someone or we're not looking at what they're doing. So it's like, it's like when you're punching in a biometric device at an office. So it's like putting a fingerprint on the door and on the outside the door. So we are just doing that with a mobile device, and um, that's it. We're not not looking into the privacy or whatever work you are doing or nothing else like that. Mm-hmm. So why why wasn't that invented already? Why did it take you to come along and make that? 
I was looking for a ready-made solution. I never wanted to make it myself. So I went on the internet at that moment. I thought, yeah, this is a pretty simple idea. It's not. I'm not inventing the light bulb here. Right. So it should already be there, but but it it wasn't. And uh, today also, the photo feature is not there in any other application. Uh, but the GPS has been somewhat there, but it also not doesn't make sure that the it's present inside the office. So the technology here is uh, hasn't probably grown too much. Uh, but uh, there are absolutely great HR platforms out there which are full fledged, and um, so in in our vision for regularly, I'll tell you about it a bit later. We we have a lot of things planned down the line, mm. which which we, it's not going to be just a small simple app to take. Right. Uh, it's it's a platform for you to do other stuff for these companies, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, and I guess time tracking is the first most easiest yes. way to demonstrate your your uh, competence and build trust exactly. with it. All right. Exactly. What, what, do you want to talk about that vision now? I mean, like where that could yep. go? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, could, the long, go yeah. for it. Yeah. The long-term, long-term vision we have for uh, regularly is that we want to have a, like an interface where the employee and the, and the HRs, they're using a simple chatbot. And uh, the employee says, hey, I'm here in office. What do I do? So the punch is automatically taken, and then he he's shown what work he has to do, and then he you know he can interact that I want a holiday on this day, uh, I want to leave on this day, and it's applied. It goes to the manager. Manager says, okay, approve his holiday, or approve approve his leave, mm-hmm. or you know reject it. So uh, there there's no uh, extra manpower is involved, and the whole HR can be uh, AI based, and it can be automated. We can also you know. Added in machine learning, which is getting understanding the mood of the employee and asking them for feedbacks. And when some work is done, they're taking back that feedback. We put it in a 360 degree feedback tracking. Mm. And uh, so my vision in the future is to make this uh, mobile first, AI based HR platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, where you are in the world, that is the place that that app is going to be born, isn't it? It's going to come from India because that's where yeah. the the first use cases are the biggest market is really, isn't it? I mean, you have, well, I mean, hundreds of millions of, you know, people working in those kind of environments, right? Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, and you have the the software developers as well, based out of India. Are are you doing all the development yourself? I mean, you're the CTO, so are you doing it all in-house in 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 Bengal? Yeah, yeah. We have a very small team of four or five developers and we are doing Okay. And what about the other side, the sales and the marketing side? Who's got that covered in the business? My my brother is taking care of that. Yeah. He, his name is Abhijay, and uh, he's looking out of the sales, and he's the CEO of the company. Right. Right. And sales has been uh, like uh, a bit of a problem for us initially, and so we are like uh, focusing on more of you know content and blogs and all that. Mm. So sales is always a problem for every business. And it's pretty more more difficult if you are based out, you know, not in the uh, Bay Area. So it's, it's it's difficult out if you're not in US. Right, right. So how do you go about the sales process? What what is it that you? How are you actually getting people to find out about what you do beyond word of mouth? So initially, at the very beginning, when no one absolutely knew us, we we started with some paid advertising on the ad, uh, mobile app platforms. Right. So uh, after we had a few customers from there, then we started, you know, uh, referrals and we're getting referrals through them. 
and we also got, got a lot of uh, content out and a few people wrote about us that drove a lot of traffic and then you know uh, right at this moment we are uh, just you know looking at organic means to grow and uh, getting more content out there and actually building a quality product that can sell itself rather than we go and you know force sell it mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I guess your buyers would be HR managers, would they? Yes. Okay. So is there a way, I mean, I'm just sort of freestyling here, so tell me to shut up if I'm completely off base, <laughs> but is there a way to get, you know, because obviously you're selling to HR managers, so you have to go into the machine, so to speak, and that takes time. Is there a way to get employees to use this for their own benefit somehow? And then, so, you know, we, later on, you can say, hey, look, by the way, HR manager, I'm using this. Uh, the, the, it, the way it works is that the company asks their users to sign up or the, the employees to sign up. But also what, what we have some freelancers on the uh, platforms who track their own time. So yeah. they're, they're doing some their own projects and they, they track their own time. So it is used for their personal use case. But the, what you mentioned that the employee is starting it first and telling that, hey, this is what I'm using. So we haven't seen uh, that as of yet. Mm, right. Mm, yeah, Th- those are interesting cases, aren't they? Because that's where you have sort of mini marketing departments planted in these big organizations, right? <laughs> so, okay, yeah. and and how are you, you know, in terms of getting an understanding of how people actually use this? Because you have plan- plans to grow this as a platform, so I guess it's kind of important you understand what the use cases are and get that kind of feedback from Absolutely. users. How are you doing that? So, uh, so it's we have been uh, live for around eight months now, and we haven't actually made any sales effort, real sales effort as of yet. And we are actually taking a lot of feedback. What we are doing is, we are uh, as soon as a customer signs up and uses the product, we talk to them and we understand what they are actually using our product for. And then we have a whole uh, document where we, you know, note down their requirements or how they're using it or what did what their use case is. So we, 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 and we summarize what points we are not covering at the moment. And mm. what we did uh, two, three months back, we summarized all of that information. And right now our product offering is very simple. It's just an attendance tracking software. Mm. But as I said, in the longer vision, we have a full-fledged HR platform coming up. And that would include a lot of features these people mentioned. Our existing customers, they are telling us how to build the product. And mm. we are not- noting those things and you know incorporating them in the upcoming release. So that is that is what we are doing now. Right. And how do you, you know, know yourself what is the right thing to add on to a platform? Because it, it can be... That is tricky. Yeah. That, that, that. I always want to know how founders do that because you have people like, for example, you can imagine Twitter as an example. They've just kept it real simple for, for yes. years and years. And then, you know, they up, they upgraded the, the character limit. That was a big deal, right? So... Mm-hmm. But you can imagine if they listened to customers, Twitter would have ended up like, I don't know, like Yahoo directory or something like that. It would have gone crazy, you know, kitchen sink approach. So what do you do? I mean, what do you take on board and say, yeah, that's actually what we need to add on to them? Right. We get a a lot of random requests. Like someone told us we want an inventory management system integrated into this. So we are building an HR platform and it does not align with our vision. So... We have a strict rule of the vision. So if someone is asking for something that does not, you know, align with our long-term vision mm. of what, what I told you before that we want to build a full-scale HR platform that is run by an AI and, you know, all that. 
so if if, if that uh, whatever feature request is there if it is not aligning with that we will not uh, you know accept that yeah. at the end of the day it's our decision of how we are going to shape the company and and i always believe to stick to a niche and if you, if you are feeling one small problem very well that would be much better than feeling yeah. a hundred, hundred big problems that that's that's really good advice for all especially yep. on the technology side isn't it that i mean yep. as the cto and the head of that production team do you find yourself saying no a lot to ideas yep yep i have had to turn down a lot of ideas and yeah. there's just one example that i gave you someone wanted right, uh, right. in inventory management in an hr system so we, we cannot do, do that yeah yeah have you taken on board any ideas like from your customers are there any sort of tangible examples of where yep. they, okay so one one customer told us that they need an expense management now uh, what what they want is that someone is going so they have an employee who goes on a field trip right now there's yeah. no way of knowing uh, which location which hotel is stayed or what not so what he can do is like at that location in the hotel get photograph of that bill and that bill is stored along with that location of that hotel and everything yeah. is stored so we get a, on a map and you can see exactly where you spent how much you spent so i think that that was a really cool idea coming from a customer and we have kept it in our roadmap for the future yeah yeah and that's not too far from what the product does already right exactly exactly yeah, yeah. no that's interesting because uh, that also opens up a lot of capabilities doesn't it because now you're not just a time tracking platform but now exactly. you, right okay because that, that yeah that's the way to do it and it's sort of those incremental improvements isn't it that's going to get you um you know to where you need to get with that vision Right. Okay, and just curious as well. I mean, you said you're you're in business with your brother, yep. so I mean, I'm I'm interested to hear about that. I'm fascinated by that because I, I always okay. believe that you know dev, never do business with friends and family. <laughs> so we, I also used to believe something like that. But right. what happened? <laughs> what happened? He's my cousin brother. His name is Avijay. He's from IIM Rachi, and he was in a bank. Uh, he used to be in a bank, and he was doing a you know white collar job and everything. so but he always wanted to be an entrepreneur you know to do get into a startup and uh, as soon as i told him because i was running that bpo and uh, which had changed into an it company so i was running that and i'm still running that so i met him one day and over dinner i told him that this is a simple idea that i made yeah. uh, do you think uh, we can make a product out of this because i'm thinking of you know making something i am thinking of releasing it to public and then he, then he fell in love with the idea and he said okay this is such a simple idea and i think it will solve a lot of problems i think we and uh, he 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 wanted to you know quit his job and you know mm, you know, get on board and i i also needed someone along with me you know to shape the product more well because he brings in a lot of experience from companies uh working at companies whereas i i do not i have never actually worked in a company right that's so interesting so that <laughs> so that, that uh, he fills in a lot of uh, Uh, required, um, you know, he tells me a lot of things about companies and how work is done there, which yeah. I can incorporate into the product, which is really helpful. So that is, he has a role to play in this, and I think uh, you should partner up with people who compliments you, yeah. and you know, they, they both should match equally well, and you should be aligned towards a common goal. I think we both share common goals in life, and that is why we paired up for this product. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting story. So, when you say cousin brother, I mean that's sort of typical in in India, isn't it? You act—he's not your biological brother. Is he? He's your cousin. He's right? my 
father's brother's son. Right, right. But to, to I mean, in Indian families, you might as well be a brother, right? Because you know, you cousins often grow up very, very close, don't they? So yeah, yeah, we are all a close, very close. In India, they they used to have joint families, but I was not born in one. But uh, it, it's still common because uh, the parents and kids live together for throughout yeah. the life, and yeah. they have a, they live in a small family. So right, right. So you, you grew up together, effectively. You know, we used to not, uh, so we used to meet in uh, all the social occasions and maybe once a month or two, like that. Yeah, okay. So, but his background, you say, was interesting because you you were an entrepreneur and a hustler from day one, right? Yes. As soon as you kind of had a bit of freedom, you were building companies, but he had a more traditional route. What was his background? He he was from Australia. Like he went to engineering college, proper engineering college. He did a proper IIM MBA degree. And he was always into, you know, the the traditional path. But somewhere deep down, he always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And he, he was just looking for, a, you know, uh, that that spark to, you know, just take the plunge. And I think he found it here <laughs> and he mm. took it. It was a huge step for him uh, because he had never taken that risk. And his parents were got, you know, his parents were really uh, spooked out of this. But yeah, uh, yeah. He, told, he told them that I have to do it at this age because if I don't take a leap right now, I might as well never take it. Right. So when he had his, I mean, he's not here to defend himself. So (laughs) when he had that conversation with his parents, I'm I'm really fascinated by how that went, because that's a conversation happening around India in many, many households now, isn't it? It it, it was not only one conversation. I remember it was like a series of, (laughs) it was like a month of, you know, uh, dealing with his parents. But then they agreed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you say, it's like now or never really, isn't it? So yes. you had to do it. So did, did you feel like a, a real sense of obligation or sense of, you know, any sense of guilt in the sense that you had now got him to come out of the world of safety into the, the, the riskier world of entrepreneurship? Do you feel now that, you know, you're you more compelled to make this work because he's now committed on your word, really? Right, right, right. Yeah, that kind of sense is uh, a bit of it is is in me. But I think that is good because I do not see any way of feeling because my I have never thought I have never thought negatively. I'm a very yeah. positive person, and I can only see good things happen, and I can only see things work. But yeah. I'm not obviously impractical of the thing that things might go wrong. But I don't like to think that way. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think that way, you'll never do anything. Will you'll you? never do anything, right? Yeah. Yes, well, I mean that's fascinating, and you you must be a, an interesting character in India because you you people around you are now sort of leaving safe jobs and becoming entrepreneurs. It's like a yes. virus, isn't it? Of like, it is. Yes, the, the startup people are the new rock stars now. It's, right. Uh, Right, right, and, and and I mean it's fascinating as well. I mean, because like we said at the beginning, your your journey is quite untraditional in India. Right. I mean, even though India is well known for IT, software development, and so on, that you know really the the entrepreneurship side is coming quite late, isn't it? I mean, there are many many famous you know billionaire entrepreneurs. You have the yes, Mittals yeah, and so on, but at the grassroots level, you know, it's still happening, isn't it? It's still sort of developing. You know, so see the the uh, the big names that you mentioned, most of them were trade traders or they're coming right. from a background of trading and they're industrialists. What what the what the world knows of startups is that they take a very small idea and uh, from there they build something absolutely new. Mm. So that culture was missing in India and 
currently i can see i can see a lot of it happening especially in areas like bangalore and all that mm. so a uh, huge amount of startups are coming up and uh, they're failing as well it's not that they're not failing but uh, it's good you know people are trying and some are actually taking off uh, there is a huge saas uh, market is going to grow huge in india because i can see a lot of companies building products which are at par yeah or even much better than any us companies mm. has yeah and the next step really is is the maturity of that market isn't it because you have mm-hmm. you have the developers you have the talent and in digital talent probably india is number 1 in the world right in terms yes. of the skills right but, so, there's, but there's a problem in that because we have a lot of skills but these skills are you know if you tell them okay i want to build this build it like this they will be able to make it for you but that is in in a world of startups no one is going to show you the path you have to figure it out and uh, that finishing is missing in our saas product and our developers are not willing to think out of the box or on their own so we as the new leaders or of the startup scene what we do is we try to encourage each and everyone involved with us to come up with their own solutions to the problems mm-hmm. and think out of the box rather than just you use what you learned in college and because because it's not about knowing something it's about you know solving a problem but can you teach that because i wonder a lot of that starts at a very early age doesn't it i mean you obviously have had the benefit of being brought up by two successful entrepreneurs effectively mm-hmm. so for the you that was natural you know you looked at so mom, I, mom I, dad. what i fe- what i feel is this is more uh, this is like something you are born uh, there's an instinct that you're born with right. so it's so at a very early age so my my i got my first computer when i was in third standard What's I could have standard what what yeah. age is that in that is like as 10 or something right so 10 okay. so um rather than uh, just playing games what i used to do is to open up the cpu and take out the ram and put it back together <laughs> so <laughs> i should do all that uh, so but as i grow older you know what happened um a lot of people started asking me to repair their computers and that is how i started making my first few bucks and mm. then i became a teenager and then the need for money came in and then i started you know ripping cd's designing graphics making websites and i went on to learn these skills on my own and no one ever taught me mm-hmm. and there was google i had google and i you know every day i used to search about everything that i could learn and that instinct of learning that is inbuilt you you can you know teach someone but they will only learn if they want to learn right mm-hmm. so that that, is, that inbuilt curiosity or that want to learn something new must be there when you were going through that process when you were growing and you were i mean you weren't looking at yourself and thinking i'm an entrepreneur you were just kind of fixing no. computers for friends right and making some money out of it and that sort of went out, you know build out of your curiosity and what you were really yes. interested in right if you were you know when you were going through that and you were getting older and you started thinking about this in terms of like okay I might actually make a business out of it did you have any mentors were there people who you could reach out to apart from your parents for example that you know because uh, i get the feeling that you you are very much you know independent in the sense that you could do all this stuff yourself but did you sort of have somebody that you could turn to who said all oh, right avijit you need to do it like this you need to focus less on that or less on you know more on this mm, the sad part here is that i did not uh, ever have a mentor mm. and what i had was like uh, if i met someone and i thought that there was some uh, potential in that person i used to you know i still do this and what i i used to follow his trade his good trade his bad trade i used to learn as much mm. as i as i can 
so that is i i self mentored myself without getting mentored and uh, as you as you said that uh, i had to be independent take a lot of decisions and you know as, as i grew older the need for money increased because i was a teenager and obviously i never had uh, you know pocket money i never asked for parents money in any way so i always you know uh, wanted to make my own money that need for making my own money i think that drove me into entrepreneurship and i never heard the term entrepreneurship till i uh, even uh, like till i started my first business then yeah, i there you go yeah because then the startup world was not popular as much i never never paid that that much attention to all that mm. yeah i mean it's fascinating what's happening isn't it i mean you know i think the first generation of entrepreneurs like yourself the younger entrepreneurs in india don't think of themselves yeah. as entrepreneurs they're just sort of business people who are just <laughs> doing what they can make money out of right and you know doing what they love and what comes naturally and then then what sort of happens is and we're seeing this in parts of asia now is that now that that sort of ecosystem starts forming where you start having on the one hand entrepreneurs who are a bit older with money who are successful who then go back to the community and start mentoring it and then you yes. have also you know incomes the startup accelerators you know people start talking about lean startups and entrepreneurialism that the whole thing starts professionalizing doesn't it so you yeah. have that sort of second stage where i guess you know people like yourself you know will go back into the ecosystem and and help younger startups as well which is sort of you know the next step really for the maturity of the indian system well, where are we now in in india when especially in places like kolkata i mean do you have sort of any of those like startup accelerators or, or is it still early days uh, a lot of in, uh, throughout the india there are lots of accelerators and the startup scene is growing every year and in especially in kolkata i can i know a few communities which are you know active in startups and they're encouraging them mentoring them the older matured uh, entrepreneurs season entrepreneurs are coming down and helping youngsters and uh, the special uh, the startup saturday head start all those programs are happening mm-hmm. all around uh, even kolkata is getting a bite of that scene and which is really good mm. when you see those young startups come through you know mm. going to the accelerator they come out of it could be iit or some of the the prestigious colleges in 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 india for example they they have a very different world to what you've experienced right because you you've done it the really hard way right. i believe right which is like to me that's true entrepreneurship even though you didn't think of it as that right you, <laughs> you know you, yes. you were the entrepreneur who taught himself who didn't get any help right in the way i mean i felt my startup journey was a bit like that as well i mean i didn't think of myself as a startup really and mm-hmm. i you know i just went out and i didn't know anybody who could help me with business i didn't look for any funding because you know i didn't know how i didn't even know investors I didn't know how to approach them but i found something i could do interestingly building computers <laughs> like yourself in the <laughs> early early days right because that was so hands on and there was a need i just responded to the need and that's how i started growing the business eventually a telecoms business right but okay. you know to me that's like real entrepreneurship because i didn't know about pivots or minimum viable products you know there was mm-hmm. no help and and now i see startup startup founders now who you know they come straight out of college they go to an accelerator they get funding they've never had to go out and hustle and you know it's kind of they have the information they have access to i mean do do you i mean it, it is positive in the at the end it, of the day it, it, i i personally feel that it's not not going to be always positive 
because what has happened is like if you're coming out of big colleges like IITs and IIMs uh people will will fund you and just because you're from those colleges and to get to those colleges you had to cross a lot of uh, hard hardships that is uh, agreed but uh, what happens is that they're they're preparing for a startup they, previously they were preparing for a job now that is like a startup it's not yeah, natural yeah. the same thing they're doing like what they used for a job so for a job they used to mug up books now they're mug up uh, mugging up lean startup or books like that <laughs> so basically if you take that path uh, it's not always written in books because the entrepreneurial journey is something that you discover it's it's it's, it's invention it's not not you are not going to find it in a book no one is going to be able to tell you what to do I, I, what i believe is mentoring at some level uh, they might motivate you or you know just help you a bit here and there but at the end you are the only you are the only one person that can help yourself mm. and and funding also i've seen funding ruin a lot of companies early stage funding that is why one one reason why i have kept never got funded even i've never taken a penny from my parents and what i believe that a product should be good enough to make its own money yeah and now if you need money to scale that is agreeable like if you if you build if you if your product makes you a 200 dollars for a 100 dollar invested that is fine Yeah. then then you can take like a million dollars and go into to uh, 2 million that's fine but but without that without that formula being in there you should not take money unless obviously you are making the next uh, self driven car that that's right. the difference yeah yeah that that's really interesting i'm glad you said that you know <laughs> you know cuz you i think you speak the truth in some way that it's interesting the way you put it that in some aspects that startup scene and parts of it is just like job hunting now right because they, they because the jobs have gone down i think yeah this has been taken up as an alternative which is uh you know now what is going to happen soon there are going to be too many startups and the you know found people who invest they're going to back off and they're going to be more careful yeah, right. i think that that has happened a few years from now and the bubble also startup bubble bursted previously everyone used to get funded now funding is becoming more difficult Yeah. Yeah, well that will naturally balance out over time, won't it? So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, fascinating. I mean, I I knew we were going to have an interesting discussion just by looking at your uh LinkedIn profile. <laughs> and on your LinkedIn profile, you describe yourself of course as an entrepreneur, but you also say you're a traveler, philanthropist and chef. And I mean, we don't have enough time to go through all of those because you know, right. these are things I'm passionate about, but let's just pick one of those, traveler. I mean, I was interested in that because off the bat they're not i don't meet a lot of travelers who come from mm. india you know because it's not a thing that indians tend to do is it i mean it on mass you you know like like it for example you know it was the thing in my day when you graduated from london to go and travel the world for a year or two take some time out go and see the world the parents encouraged it it was the thing you go and see south east asia go to india but like in india there's not you know there isn't a culture of that is that it's like you know right you're going to iit and then you're going to you know work for the railways or something like that so yes. you put yourself down as a traveler what's the story there so i i love to travel and i just take my backpack and leave and just just go anywhere you know it doesn't have to be an exotic place just to be away from you know the city that and you know uh, small things you know i love small things like if i go to a small village and there's a small boy playing around me that mm. is what fascinates me by you know sitting and looking at a river where there is no one else that kind of small scenes and 
and one of the one of my passions for uh, traveling because because it, if i want to go out of the uh, country and i want to travel throughout the world that would need a amount of funding that mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why entrepreneurship in the first place at a very early age uh, i want to travel the whole world before i die because i want to see every country and almost every famous city so yeah. obviously that's going to take time and money so entrepreneurship was like uh, <laughs> that is one of my goals could you do that whilst building regularly yeah. or any business is that the the goal that you know you you're not going to i mean the obvious goal is like okay build the startup sell the startup go travel the world that, no i i i'd not take that path what i would do is i will be you know uh, carrying my laptop around wherever right. i go and i do work from everywhere right, and i right. balance balance everything out yeah, that digital nomad lifestyle, but the entrepreneur digital nomad, right? It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, that you go to, uh, you know, you spend any time in Thailand, for example, and yes. you go to a place like Chiang Mai, and everybody's a digital nomad there, right? right it's kind right. of like, you know, the whole world has descended on Chiang Mai or Bali, and yeah. it's all this digital talent from all over the world, and people are building apps or they're, you know, importing furniture from Vietnam or something crazy. Yeah, yep, yep. But <laughs> like, you know, India doesn't really have a, a sort of a history of digital nomadism, if that's such a word, right? Yet, right? Which it's is, a new world for India, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new world for us. Right, but that would be amazing if that took off in India. Yep, yeah, yeah, it's taking off, and I, I can I sense it all around. People are now, you know, traveling and carrying their work with them. Yeah. Because in my line, I I don't need to be in the office, and I can be anywhere, and I can communicate and globally do this. Yeah, so. yeah, that's living the life, isn't it? Because then you can yeah. also, well, I mean, you know, because, see, you... by the time by the time you build a startup big enough and sell it and get the amount of money you need to, you know, lead a life that you want to. Lead, it's going to be too too late. I'm too not late. sure if I'm going to be alive till then. Right. So it's better to live in the moment, you know, than to start preparing for. I was you, you speak the truth there. <laughs> I think this is it, isn't it? Because I mean, you're you're exactly saying what's on my mind, right? Is that you know? I think you know. It, okay, we left this era where you know every country has gone through it where the young people the best went to the best companies so in my era they went to the ibms and you know the sony's and all, all these kind of companies that we're familiar with and, you know yeah. it's the same as what's happening in india they you know they still go to you know they maybe they go to an infosys or you know they go and work for a large consultancy like a pwc right. or so on but now now people are switching to startups like you say it's still in a way job mode because they're, they're still building startups but they're waiting till they quote unquote retire right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so they're still in a way they've changed the scene but the story's but, still yeah. the same isn't so it's it? still the same they're working till their retirement right. then- <laughs> but you you're sort of saying okay look, screw that you, you've got to go out and live <laughs> this now right you, why not you know yeah like, absolutely i'm not going to be young forever right <laughs> right right exactly you go and, and you don't know like you know touch wood you do make it but you don't know yeah. how long you got right i mean that's kind of exactly and i think that's the message we got to get out there not just to indians but to everybody isn't it it's <laughs> like you know don't build a startup and then okay right you know what are you going to do it's like you know you're going to build the startup you're going to sell it for 10 million and then what you're going to travel the world well you could do that now you could travel the world <laughs> right why not do it i mean get out there I mean, it's amazing hey but, but before i you know as I said, we don't have enough time to do everything, but yep. I want to talk about being a chef as well. I mean, that just fascinated me because, you know, chef, Indian food, okay, right, you know, how long have we got? We've got to talk. What's the story? 
So, uh, I, I used to cook uh, from a very early age. So, I, my first love was eggs. So, I used to make a lot of different kinds of eggs. And my parents were both working. So, when they used to come home, I used to make something for them. So, right. that was like where I fell in love with cooking. And um, so, a bit of here and there, I, I, I started making my own food from then. Now, also, I make my own food. So, making my own food is like in the morning if I take 30 minutes out and make my own food. That is the time, you know, I try to come up with different kind of salads or whatever I would have throughout the day. So that is my love for cooking. Mm. Indian is, food? Yeah, yeah, not too much of Indian food though. What? <laughs> yeah, my parents, you know, they make really good Indian food, but uh, I am more into, you know, uh, salad, pasta and all that. Oh, right. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, so that's the thing, isn't it? For me, it's kind of like Indian food. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, right. like, it's exactly. exotic. But for you, it's like, you know, I've eaten this since I could walk, right? You know, it's kind of, you're used to this stuff, right? We want what we don't have, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that, I mean, it's interesting, like as a chef, you, you, could, mm-hmm. you describe yourself as a chef is, you know, that, that sort of making sort of, I don't know what it is. It's like, you know, you're, you're a developer as well, CTO. It's, yeah. it's quite similar, isn't it? Being a chef and being a programmer. <laughs> yeah. You're you're making something that does not exist. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's <laughs> a bit of a challenge from, there as well. Yeah. Isn't yeah. Apart from that uh, chef thing, like that is something that I do daily. But uh, I have many other hobbies that we cannot cover that in this time, like photography and then uh, music, fitness, marathon running, all that. So wow. This is a, <laughs> Marathon running. Okay, look, uh, we've got yep. about f- two minutes. I've got to, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing, right? Because, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, an Ironman triathlete. So, you know, I okay. do like, uh, you know, th- just sort of like the crazy, insane 12 hour races. And, you know, right. and me, me, it's like people think, you know, why the hell are you doing? What, do you enjoy this? And I say, no. I just, I, it's, it's not about enjoyment when I'm actually doing it. It's, it's about finishing that crossing line and, you know, thinking that, yeah, I have done something. And right. it's like that achievement feeling that you get at the end of the race. I think that that is like tasting success. Yeah. That is what I love about marathons. Yeah. And you, you are an inspiration, like, to a lot of that Ironman thing. It's awesome. Wow, I've been a yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm an old guy as well. So I'm, I'm a message. To, I mean, I'm 46 this year. I'm a message to everybody else. Okay, I, I'm just 20 years younger than you. I'm 25. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's, 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 let's have a showdown. We'll see who's the fastest. I'm, I'm 20 years older and obviously falling apart, but let's see. I want to do, I mean, <laughs> one thing that, that really sort of fascinates me about India, well, not just India, but India, Nepal and the whole area is that, you know, I'd love to do one of those... Um, you know they have the marathons up in the yeah yeah yep, yep. the, the trekking they go up in the mountains yeah. so you should uh, try that Everest base camp you know in yeah. Nepal yeah they could do a marathon there right yep uh, it's a long trek up the hill so right have you ever done anything like that no um, no I, I'm I'm planning to this at the end of this year really so what are you yeah. planning to do where are you going I'm I'm so there's a small hill called uh, Sandakpu on the border of West Bengal and Nepal somewhere yeah so. It's it's also like a small trek, so we'll go uphill and uh, in the in the mountains and there is snow there. So that is that is what I'm planning to do at the end of this year. And after that, once I've done that, I would want to go to base camp, Everest wow. base camp. So. You're a man close to my heart. That's been one of my dreams for a long time. You can actually trek up to base camp, can't you? You can. Yep, yep. You can. You can. Oh yeah. And see, here's the thing, right? I mean, you live in a place like India, and all of that is on your doorstep, isn't it? But you know, I think one of the challenges for young Indians is they don't appreciate it because they're just too busy True. 
on the career side of things. I mean, you can do all these things and run a startup as well. And it's kind of like we are, we are, we are coming from a developing country, right? Yeah. It's not. It's a harder for us. There's so many people around you. So the population, it's huge. If you so the number of people living in one city is equal to the whole countries outside yeah. India. Absolutely. So we compete for jobs. We compete for everything. We compete for girls. We compete for jobs. It's it's a mad world out here. Yeah. And so you cannot think of this these other things in life. It, it's you cannot uh, like for but for suppose you are coming from a first world country. It's, you have that you know um, uh, amount of um, money. I should say you don't need to bother about yeah, like yeah. If, what happens if I don't get a job. You will get something and you will be able to live out that. But we won't get that something, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those sort of. I, I sometimes listen to um, listen to. I sometimes read, you know, these sort of stories of uh, people who, you know, come from first world countries. I come from a first world country. I come from privilege, and you know, it, to the rest of the world, it's a wealthy background, right? And they they, they will say, like, you know, I was working in this uh, bank, and you know, I'm sort of using somebody's example, right? I was working in a bank, and I was earning like, you know, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. Take your pick. $200,000 a year and I was so unhappy and I, you know like I had to really find my life and I, I'm thinking like when I hear those kind of stories I'm like you know you don't know what it's like okay. like those right. kind of people that think that you know $200,000 if you're unhappy with $200,000 you don't know you need to get okay. out there you need to go and see the world because you know like 99% of the world would look at that yeah, and think, yeah that will make me happy because you know yep. That, yep. I think people have got to get out there and travel, and not just not just like you know within India, but the world generally. It'll make it a better place, won't it? Yes, yes. yes. Hey, you Absolutely. know, Avijit, it's been fascinating talking to you. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. really inspiring, and I think you know, I love what you're doing, and I think you're you're you are the next generation for Indians to look towards. That you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, people are going to ask questions, aren't they? Like, you know, okay, right. Well, what do I really want? You know, what do I want to do? Because I've got talent, I've got skills, I want to do something. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to look at your stories and think, wow, th- this is... <laughs> I, I hope so. I can inspire, if I can inspire someone else to do something, that is like one goal achieved. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think you have. You've, uh, you know, by sharing your story today, I'm sure you're, you've got your, you know, you put the option out there. You're dangerous. You're dangerous to all those people who, <laughs> you know, who, who are in those comfortable jobs and thinking, oh, no, no, I have to have a, I have to have a parent conversation now. <laughs> I've got to explain to them. I listen to this guy's podcast and, you know, it's all done now. I mean, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm doing this now. I'm going out and I'm starting my business. Avijit Sarkar, everybody. Avijit, where, where do we find out more about you? Uh, I'm there. Uh, you can reach out to me on my website, avijitsarkar.com and you can get all my social links over there only. Excellent. Yeah. And all the best with your running and your trekking and everything. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to take you to some amazing places for some amazing experiences as well. I so. yeah. And, you know, just let, let, let's keep in touch. Let, let's get you back on the show, update yep. on the yep. journey. You know, wherever you, you know, you are with your laptop and your backpack, <laughs> let us know what's going on. We'd love to find out. All right. And if you're in this part of the country ever, uh, just give me a call. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fantastic. Get over to Kolkata as well. Right. <laughs> You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at ATP.show.